final words. You know, it's those things that you say when you know you're going to say goodbye or you have to depart. There's a relationship that's ending. It's when you know you're not going to see somebody again. And it's funny, it's usually really important things that we say. And uh, I'm reminded of this often because uh, my wife's family, they had this little thing going on and they've done it since Sherry was a little girl. But uh, they had this thing of, you know, never let any parting be a, a bad parting. Always make it a good parting. Even if you've just had an argument, at least part well. And just say, hey, we'll, we'll talk later, we'll figure this out. And so, and, and, and they would always say, I love you to each other whenever they leave. Whether it's just going to the grocery store, going to the school, whatever it may be. And, you know, I come from the nonverbal family, a bunch of farmers that, you know, like to watch grass grow. And, and so... You know, we only say those words like every so often, and when we do say it, it's very momentous. And you know, when you say "I love you," you know, I really mean it. And and so, you know, at first it was kind of like, man, you guys say that so often. Do you ever, do you really mean it? And and so I would I debate it. But anyway, my the thing was was that it, it made me think about this. It made me think about what would my my final words be in saying goodbye to somebody. And. Uh, you know, there's lots of other people that have said lots of important things uh, before they part. And, uh, you know, when you look in the Bible, you look at Moses. Uh, he quoted the whole book of De Deuteronomy. Now, don't get worried. I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but he quoted the whole book of Deuteronomy, reminding the people of the law. Uh, and then he sang a song to them. And then he blessed each of the 12 tribes. Uh, Joshua, when he was uh, told that it was time for him to depart, um, he uh, took time and uh, he, he testified to the faithfulness of God and, uh, to the people of Israel. And he talked about it. And then he said, I present you with a choice. And he said, choose this day who you're going to serve. And he said, for, for me and my family, we're going to serve God. And so he presented a choice, brought, brought it before them. Uh, when King David, a man after God's own heart, when he was speaking his last words, uh, it was about passing a dream on to his son, uh, the dream uh, of building the temple. Of course, his Solomon, uh, son Solomon carried that out. And then he also ended his life with a prayer of thanksgiving to God. And also in that prayer, he prayed that the hearts of the people of Israel, that they would remain loyal to God. And so David, he remained a shepherd to the very end, even with his last words that he breathed. Now, when Jesus walked the earth, he said a lot of things, but he is kind of unfair because he got two chances. You know, he got before he went to the cross and then and then after his death and resurrection, before he ascended into heaven. So he kind of got he kind of got to do it twice. But, you know, this whole fair thing, don't don't ever work that argument with God. It's not fair. It just doesn't work. I mean, it, it, you know, it's kind of like you're drowning in a pond and somebody comes up and they got one foot on the ground and one foot in the water and they're reaching down to rescue you and you say, no, I'm not going to grab your hand. It's not fair. You got one foot on the ground. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like, that's, what, that's the picture when we argue with God and we say it's not fair. You know, of course it's not. I don't want it to be fair. He's God. I'll, I'll leave it that way. But anyway, I, I'm just joking when I say that. You know, it's not fair. But, you know, Jesus, he shared some very important things with the, his disciples. Um, he had many things he shared, including things like, uh, you should do as I have done for you. He said, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He was talking about his father's house. 
he said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He was given direction. He said, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. He wanted to reassure them that he was going to be with them. He would remind them, guide them. He said, abide in me, and I will abide in you. He said, I want that connection with you. I want it to remain. I want it to, it's vital. Jesus shared many important things in those last moments, and, uh, and then he prayed for himself. And then he prayed for his disciples. And then the really cool thing is that he prayed for us, future believers. And that prayer that was prayed 2,000 years ago is still reaching out and affecting us today. But after his death and resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples at different times for over a period of 40 days. And he gave different proofs that he was alive, spoke about the kingdom of God. And not many of his words are recorded after his resurrection. But we do know that he did speak about the kingdom of God uh, because of what it says in Acts Uh, We do know that he told two main things to his followers. And it can kind of be summed up in these verbs. Receive, go, make, baptize, and teach. Kind of summed up with the Great Commission. Summed up also what uh, Acts 1.8 says. That really they needed to receive from God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be able to do what he was going to ask them to do. Now, and, and looking at all this, you know, I, you know, I've been inspired. You know, I'm looking at Jesus' final words. And now, you know, i got a whole message series ready now for you. But, but uh, that's not what I want to talk about today. I just wanted to share with you today, um, again, kind of the question of why do we wait to say all the important things at the last minute? And so I thought it might be good that if we just pretended, again, I say pretend, that, that um, this was my last Sunday. And I'll just share with you all the things that I would say. So I just want you to know that um, you know, I'm not planning to die. I'm not planning to move or anything like that. This is, again, this is just pretend. But what I want to say to you from my heart is real. And, and I know that uh, you know, I'm not at the end of my life, so I don't have some great summation to share with you of all that I've learned. I'm, you know, I'm just 37 years old. So you know, if I was 85 years old, this would be a lot greater. But uh, you, know, you have to just do with what I got after 37 years. Um, but, you know, for those of us today, I, you know, I suppose, you know, we wait until we depart because, uh, you know, it might be premature to speak some things, or maybe we're afraid to say some things, but there are important things that we can say now, and we're never guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are. You know, you never know when your last moment on this planet might be. In fact, the scriptures encourage us to number our days and to realize our time here is short compared to eternity. So, since I have no guarantee that I'm going to be here tomorrow, I just want to share from my heart that it's like my last Sunday. And uh, so, here's the things that I would say to you. Here's what I'd share. What I most want to say to you is that this is the most amazing assembling of gifted and talented people. It really is. I, I, in meeting you and talking with you and getting to know you, um, I know God might have plans for me to go elsewhere and do different things, but I don't want to leave because I know God is going to do something great here. And I know that uh, so many of you have been giving rich life experiences. I know that many of you uh, have been drawn together because of those rich life experiences and, and what you've experienced in Christ. And you've been drawn together here for such a time as this. And I wonder if nothing is impossible for this group with God working through you. I really wonder. 
many of you uh, really just live so open-handed before God. I mean, I, I've talked with you, and, and so many of you are just like, Lord, whatever. Whatever you want, just have your way with me. And that's just awesome that you're living that way. And I want to encourage you to keep living that way. So many of you are mission-minded. I'm, I'm not talking about around the, around the world. I'm talking around the block. I mean, you're ready to be Jesus' hands and feet right now and to serve the people around you that he puts in your, in your pathway. It's so wonderful. It's awesome. You know, what is God going to do in you and through you to help transform the communities in Asheville and the surrounding areas? You know, I, I want to stay and find out. I want to know what's going to happen. You know, you are an amazing assembling of people. And each one of you plays an integral part of what God is going to do in this community. You know, God is going to do something through you. And I, I just want to say this of you, Highland Christian Church. I want to say, who knows that God has brought you in, into the world for such a time as this. For such a time as this. The other thing that, that I'd want to say to you, if this were my last Sunday, is that I love you. I love you. I really do. I, I've really grown to know some of you really, very well and grown to love you. And uh, I, you're very dear to me, and I'm going to miss you a whole lot if this is my last Sunday. And your friendships are going to last beyond a, a, the life of any program, any church service. Your relationships are going to last beyond any jail group or program or event. And I just want you to know that loving you hasn't been a heavy burden. Some of you, 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 you know, you're very concerned about me. You come up to me and, oh man, I'm sure you're just busy. You're just wiped out and, and you're just weighed down with all the stuff that happens in church. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And really just, it's not hard. It's not hard to love you guys. And I just want you to know that. And uh, just that if this is my last Sunday, that I will always remember you with great fondness. I will. And just know that I deeply love you. I really do. The other thing that I'd want to say to you is, is to live free, to live pure, and to live courageous. Live free, live pure, and live courageous. I say live free from churchanity. Live free from churchanity. Keep de deconverting from that, Okay? Deconvert from churchianity, live free from it, and keep delving into the radical, authentic lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus. And when I say radical, I don't mean weirdo, fanatic. When I say radical, the, the word means back to the root, back to the original. And so when I say follow the radical, authentic lifestyle of Jesus Christ, I'm saying look to Him because He's the originator of our faith. Not any church, not any program, not any creed. Look to Him. Live free from that church entity and look to Jesus. You know, um, don't pick up Jesus. Don't pick up things that Jesus didn't ask you to pick up, okay? I, I always think of uh, Paul Bunyan's work, The Pilgrim's Progress, and there's the, the character Christian, and he's walking on this journey. And his big journey when he gets to the cross is, is, is he's carrying this weight on his shoulders. And he finally lays it down and puts it down before the cross. And he feels so relieved. And then he takes up the yoke of Christ. 
His teaching, His ways. And it's so much lighter. And He can walk. So don't pick up anything that Jesus hasn't asked you to pick up. And just know, live free of the world's, live free of the world's mold. They're always going to try to squeeze you into its mold. And what the Scriptures command us is don't conform any, any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by Christ. Christ has set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Galatians 5.1 So live free. Live pure. Live pure. Titus 2.2 2 says that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age while we wait for Christ's return. Our lives are to be set apart and devoted to God. And I know maybe it's a strange thing to say, to live pure. But just live devoted to God, not devoted to some habit or to some addiction, whether it's physical, sexual, or mental. Break free from it. Purity, I want you to know, isn't the same as innocence. Innocence, you know, think of children. Children are innocent. Innocence, that's just it's ignorance. That's what it is. It's just, it's a harmless ignorance. Purity, what purity is, is going through the fire and being refined. Taking what is, is many things and refining it down just to one thing. And let that be, that one thing that you're refined down to is Jesus. And be set on Him. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Philippians 2. The stars are waiting for you guys to take your place. They're waiting for you to shine with them. And the way you can shine is living a pure life. A life that's devoted to Christ and devoted to Him. Grace teaches us that. Grace teaches us that. Titus 2.2. Remember that. Live courageous. Live courageous. We need more men and women who will live boldly for Jesus Christ. People who are willing to risk it all for the sake of what they believe. To be brave when they need to be. There's a song and it says, they say a person like that wouldn't last in a world like this, but I believe the world won't last if a person like that doesn't exist. Be one of those people. Be a courageous person. Be courageous in your prayers. Be courageous in your prayers. So many times I think God is just tired of our wimpy prayers. We just ask mealy-mouthed things all the time. God, be with me. He promises He'll be with you already. You know? God, protect this person. Protect. He says He'll protect us in His promises. Ask something big. Sometimes I, I think he's just waiting on the edge of his seat, just saying, somebody ask something God-sized of me. I just want to do something God-sized. You ask me all these human-sized things. Let one of your friends do that for you. you know? Be courageous in your prayers. God wants you to ask big things. Live courageously. The other thing that I'd want to say to you, if this was my last Sunday, is value being over doing. Value being over doing. I'll try to explain it best I can. I don't know if I'll succeed, but uh, I know that there are many great things that you want to do as individuals and as a church. I know that you want to do great things for the Lord and for His kingdom. And that's wonderful. 
the Lord does want us to accomplish things. You know, we, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. So we know it's His will for, to accomplish things here on this planet. But the Lord, He primarily wants to accomplish things in you. He's making you and conforming you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. It's His greatest work that He's doing here on this planet. It really is. And the things that are to be done, that's how He gets the work done in you. We, we do these things and we run into obstacles and, and we, we run into conflicts. And in those things, God shapes us and molds us. And He's making us. You know, I probably would... I know that, uh, you know, if I was 25 years old right now, I'd probably say, yeah, yeah, whatever. Being, overdoing. I was all about, let's go do stuff. Let's make it happen. But really, the focus is more about who you're becoming. Value being overdoing. God ministers through who you are more powerfully than through what you do. He really does. Through your character. Even through your personality that he's been shaping over the years. I know some of you are like, I just don't know if I believe that. But I'm telling you, it's true. He works more powerfully through who you are and who he's made you to be than what you're doing. There's good things that happen through what you're doing, but it's more about being. Who is he making you? Think about that. Think about that. And finally, the last thing that I, I would share with you, this was my last Sunday, I'd say just let your eyes always be fixed on Jesus. Always fixed on Jesus. Don't, don't forget the cross. It's where the greatest, the greatest moment on this planet happened. I know a lot of times we want to walk away from the cross because it's scary. We look at the of cross and that's death. But I want you to know it's one of those paradoxical things, you know? It, I know everything in us screams, no, don't go to the cross. It means you're going to die. But on the other side of it is life. So keep going towards the cross. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't turn away from Him. Also know that Whatever Jesus started in you, He's going to finish. I know some of you feel like you're just in pieces. You're just pieces laying on the floor. But God is putting you together. What He started, He's going to finish. He's not a quitter. Okay? I don't mind, at times you might feel like quitting. But He won't. Okay? Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's got His gaze fixed on you. When you're sorrowful, remember Jesus because He was a man of sorrows. And He's close to the broken. Speak His name and call to Him. When you're glad, know that Jesus rejoices over you with singing. He thinks of you. And speak thanks to His name. When people tell you that your Christianity is a crutch, don't defend Christianity or defend yourself. You just tell them Jesus isn't a crutch. He's a cure. When people ask you what denomination or what sort of Christian you are, just tell them you have no idea what they're talking about. And that you're just a Jesus person. A Christ follower. Just tell him that. It's all about Jesus. Think about him. Fix your eyes on him. If a person asks you what is the greatest theological thing you know, tell them the most profound thing you know is, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Tell him that. When you walk throughout your day, let your eyes... Be looking for signs of Jesus throughout your day. 
And I'll tell you what, the adventure just opens up when you do that. When you lay down at night and you let Jesus' presence just envelop you as you got your head on the pillow, just know that He is Emmanuel, God with us. And just revel in that. Jesus before you, Jesus behind you, Jesus above you and below you, Jesus all around you, Jesus within you. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. So those are the things that I would say to you if it was my last Sunday. And of course, it only comes from a 37-year-old, so I know it's not a whole lot to get excited about. But again, if I was 85, I'd probably have a lot better things to say to you. So just wait around. I'll get there. But I want you to know, the greatest thing that I probably would say would probably not be to you, but it would be to God. And I'd probably just, just thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's been a great ride. It's wonderful. I have no regrets. It's been good. So what would you say if it was your last Sunday? What would you say to God? What would you say to each other? Your friends? Your family? What would you say to your spiritual family? What if it was a more final departure? Saying goodbye to this life. And you knew it. There are people who live with this reality. People we know, friends, I'm sure some of you know, people have cancer. They know that they're dying. How would you live your life? What would you say? What would you want to say to God? You know what the thief on the cross said? He, he, he knew when he was up there hanging on the cross next to Jesus, he knew that he deserved, he deserved what he was getting up there, the punishment. He knew the life that he lived. He knew the, the sins that he had lived out. He knew he deserved death. He knew he deserved hell. But when he was up there, when everyone else had deserted Jesus, except for John and a few women, and when everyone else had doubted who Jesus was, this thief put his whole trust in Jesus. Probably at the most vital moment that you could. Right when he was dying. And he asked him, and he, and he told him this. He said, Jesus, please remember me when you enter your kingdom. And you all know what Jesus said to him after that. He said, this day, this day you will be with me in paradise. There was some sort of transaction that happened there. Some spiritual transaction that happened in that man's heart and what Jesus said to him and what, what Jesus did in his life right there at that moment. And I know if this was your last Sunday, some of you, some of you here would need to say the same thing to the Lord that that thief on the cross said. Now, look, I know that most likely, most of us are going to see tomorrow, but I can't guarantee that 100%. But, um, and, and maybe, you know, you can't bring yourself all in just one little moment here in an hour and a half and just say, okay, Lord, yeah, I trust you. That's it. I just 100% lay it all down before you. I be, you just can't do that all in one moment. But I know that there's been other moments before this. I know that there'll probably be other moments after this. But I, I do want to say, maybe you could get started on what you'd say to God. And you can be honest with Him. I mean, He's a big God. He can take it, whatever you got to say to Him. And maybe you could start saying those things like, Lord, I'm just mad at you. I'm just mad. Maybe you could start there. Or maybe it's, it's, Lord, why? 
Why? You just need to say those things to him. Maybe for some of you, it's just, Lord, you got to show me that you're trustworthy because everyone else in this life hasn't been. Go ahead and, and could you say those things today? Get started on saying something to him. Because again, I, there's no guarantee on your time here. And if you could just get started. So I, what I want to do, just these last few moments here, and I, I know... I know what time it is. You know what time it is too. We do this from time to time. But uh, can we just take these last few moments together and just say what we need to say to God? And, and then maybe afterwards when we're all leaving here and we're picking up chairs and stacking them, maybe there'd be things that you would want to say to some of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether it's forgive me or I love you or I've never said this to you, but when you, when you did this for me, it meant so much or when you said this to me, and just say those important things. And whether you want to act like you have no tomorrow or not, I just want us to be still here silently and in our hearts just to silently say what we need to say to God. Just a few words. And I'm going to end this time talking to the Lord. I'm going to end this time talking to the Lord by leading a prayer that would be the kind of thing that you would say that if you could identify with that thief on the cross. It's a prayer that you would say if you know that you're guilty and you deserve the worst God could dish out. It's one of those prayers that if you knew, if you know that you need his life and you need him in, in your life, it's the thing that you would say to him. So let's just take this time, just take a moment, be silent. And only you and God will know what you're saying right now. And this is a, a thief prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you are who you are. You say you are. The Son of God. The Savior of all men. I'm really, really sorry for the kind of life I've lived. Forgive me. I really need you. I can't live this life on my, my own. I've, I've screwed it up doing things my own way. Enter my life, Jesus. Live through me because I just don't know how to live anymore. I'm ready to stop doing the things my way and to follow you. And whether this is my last day or if there are many more days ahead of me, help me. Remember me, Jesus. Amen. And for the rest of us, Lord, we just want to say thank you. We praise you. And Lord, we just want to live with an attitude of praise, attitude of worship to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.